Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Diana. Hey. I like dialed in with my work phone. See if that works. <laughs> oh, is it is it working okay? Yeah. I like used all my data on my off Wi-Fi. But <laughs> yeah, I used all my data on my Wait, hello? I think you disconnected. Hello? Hello? Sorry, I think you disconnected for a second, probably when oh. the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, you're back. Yeah. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs> oh, how's your day been so far? Um, I just woke up. <laughs> I had breakfast <laughs> in bed. But, yeah, now I'm What did you ready. eat for breakfast? Um... My mom made gyoza and soup. Ooh, that sounds so good. I just had um, duck noodle soup that my dad Ooh. made. Bless. I, w- I was telling him, I was like, Dad, like you're gonna have to deliver me some duck, and I'll I'll, I'll pay you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like if you're ever in Chinatown, just like you know, swing by like, through. <laughs> That's so yeah, nice. But, Your dad um, does the cooking. My like, dad really does cooking at home. Dude, my dad is the only person that cooks at home. Really? He's like, yeah, he is the cook of the house. And Aww. like, my mom just like is like, Gordon, I'm hungry. <laughs> he'll be like, okay, what do you want to eat? And then he'll just cook it. And it's like he'll cook like really elaborate meals any any day, like any random day. It doesn't really matter. And. Um, yeah, it's so good. I'm going to miss that a lot when I move out, but you know, times times gotta go. I gotta gotta be self. I gotta be independent. You know. Yeah, that's good. New chapter of your life. Yeah, dude. I'm. Yeah, I was like just talking about it with them, like civilly for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like they like were like, oh, like. Um, don't fall asleep while you're cooking. And I'm like, what? Like, why the fuck would I fall asleep while I'm cooking? Like, they they really don't think very highly of me. I feel like it was. I mean, you were the first time we made our podcast. Like the first episode, you were talking about wanting to move out, right? And then you moved into the new room. I feel like. That was sort of a compromise between you and your parents, or maybe your mom, and and then you decided to stay to save on rent. But then now you're finally moving out, so I feel like yeah, all along you really wanted to move out this whole time, you know, for yourself and you know for yeah. independence, for your mental health, and um, and you tried to make compromises and you tried to make things work with your family but this is good and I think it's you know a good step for yourself you know yeah dude it feels like graduation almost you know like or like you know like um maybe like when you go like to the next grade like in school and you're like oh my god like I'm in high school now or like oh I'm in middle school or like I'm in fifth grade or like whatever it's like leveling up as adults (laughs) yeah 
like it's like a like I feel like I wish I had like a ceremony or something because it truly does feel like a new like experience you know like a new oh just responsibilities you know yeah and good I feel like it's so different from I mean in college we were living on our own but this is a financially we were still dependent yeah you know yeah now this is like if I fuck up I really fuck up <laughs> I'm gonna, really, and I'm gonna look like I feel <laughs> you know like, what I'm saying even if you fuck up like we always have that safety net you know we can always just pack up and go back home which is like a 15-20 right. minute drive which is <laughs> we're really lucky to have that and yeah. yeah some people don't and yeah I'm grateful that we have that, and if you don't, you can come to my place. <laughs> Thank you. Well, okay, the thing is, I believe in myself that I will be financially responsible and pay my rent and not be hella, um, I guess, reckless with my money. So I have faith in myself, and um, yeah, I'm just really excited. Like, it's honestly. I'm like anticipating it so much, you know. I'm like, oh, it's Christmas. I don't care. Like, I'm moving in on Monday. <laughs> like, I don't even give a shit. Like, I'm just like, I get it. Like, it's Christmas, but dude, I am leveling up in life. You know, Christmas comes every year. This doesn't come every year. Yeah. So, we can't wait to see your new place. So exciting, dude. I feel like it's like really humble. Like, it's really small, but mm-hmm. like, like in a good way. You know, it's not like. Um, I don't know, it's not like stuffy, it's very like spacious and the windows are like very large and so you can see like the water and like most most of the marina and kind of like uh, a little bit of Marin and some sailboats and uh, a little bit of the Golden Gate Bridge, so like a little tippy top of it. So like I think it's really nice, like I really appreciate the view. It'll be nice. Yeah. yeah, and you're gonna spend most of your time at home. I feel like because of work from home and the whole quarantine situation. So I think it's a good investment. Like you have a good working environment, nice windows to enjoy the view, and you can go for a jog in the arena like afterwards. You know? Yeah. Just my favorite, one of my favorite boutiques are actually. They have a location in the marina. It's called Asalis. Yeah, you should go check it out. What does it look like? Have, have I seen it before? Um, like, what kind of stuff do they have? So, they have... We're trying to spend less money, Diana. <laughs> trying to spend less... <laughs> they have brands like, I think, Coloma, Wool, and, like, House mm. of Sunny. They're, like, mm. uh, cold brands, I guess you could call it. Like, um startup fashion brands i see um kind of like imgia but i really like the design i feel like it's very you it's very colorful and sometimes Ooh. there's they use like some patterns are like swirly psychedelic-esque Ooh. it's it's really cute <laughs> oh my gosh you'll have to send it to me i've never heard of them bless you yeah <laughs> Yeah, that sounds really they cool. Recent- I'll definitely have to check them out. Yeah, they recently just opened one in New York, I think, because I was seeing it all over Ooh. TikTok. I was like, we have that here too. Ooh, that sounds so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I'm excited to be it. Sorry. 
I keep cutting yeah, you yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> the next time we have a warehouse sale, I'll um, I'll ask you to go with me. Because last time I went by myself, and it was in the dog patch. But yeah, they have some good deals. Oh, you told me about that dog patch sale. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was them. That's amazing. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm Marina Living, 2021. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Who this? New apartment. Who this? <laughs> I I think it like just hit me last night when I was watching a movie and I was like trying to fall asleep. I was like, wow, like this is gonna be like me, but like I'm gonna be in my own apartment. Like, and I, if I can't sleep, like I I. Over to like my sister or my mom you know like I, I just like kind of have myself mm-hmm. um and so that's kind of like when it hit me last night I was like watching the happiest season on Hulu and mm. I was just like wow like this is gonna be me but I'll be in my own place you know so yeah. ah, yes exciting and you'll have to come visit me mm-hmm. and yeah and there's a parking space, right? So you can... Yes, 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 yes. I absolutely had to get a parking space. That's actually why it's like $260 more extra. Wow. Since fucking parking apparently is $260 for assigned space. Yeah, I am so not that, but... Dude, San Francisco is ridiculous. I... I, this is why I'm only living here for like a year because San Francisco is just like so expensive like I truly feel like after one year I'm like I'm just gonna pop off to New York because it's cheaper you know? it's cheaper in New York I thought it was equivalent or well it's equivalent but you can find cheaper options and I'll probably find somewhere like equivalent but it's New York City you know it's like a different place yeah also you're, you wouldn't yeah. bring your car to New York right or with you. I feel like I feel like I would really? though, you know, because like, like I won't like have to. I'll just own the Tesla. Like, there's no way for me to like return a Tesla, you know. Like, I'll still have it. Near traffic and New York drivers. Okay, but the thing is, like, I probably won't drive into New York. You know, like I'll probably just drive it on the weekends, like when I go out for like grocery shopping or whatever. Um, I don't know. I feel like I would live in Brooklyn, and in Brooklyn, you can definitely have a car, so you can get into places and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, if I want to go on road trips as well, I feel like having a car will be nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it will be chill. I have like some friends in Northampton and some friends in like uh, just different places in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So oh, I can drive to like Canada too. Wow! <laughs> yeah. I thought about small girl, big dreams. <laughs> I thought about driving to Canada from Seattle actually because it's only two hours. Yeah. Ooh. Well, you are courageous because I would not. Be. I I get anxiety just driving in San Francisco with all the one ways and stuff. So, mm. gosh, New York. The people there are so honestly. I. I feel like it's fine like I don't know just like I'm pretty calm when I'm driving like when I drive I'm like if someone hits me that's probably their fault because I'm not trying to get hit right now you know like I just like like drive like very like nice like I don't try to like start some shit and I don't like you know I don't go super fast I go pretty much the speed limit 
Uh, I know sometimes it can be very annoying for people, but honestly, like, I don't give a shit. Like, you know, I'm going the speed limit, you know. Uh, I'm very, like, rulesy when it comes to driving, I feel like. So, I don't know. I just, I'm fine. Like, even in New York, I feel like I can sort of be mindful in the moment, even when it's very stressful. Like, I just kind of take everything as it comes, mm-hmm. like, each block at a time. <laughs> even though I think it'll take a lot of gas. I actually like don't even know if they have a lot of like charging, Tesla charging stations in New York. But I guess we can look that up. Yeah, but it's not like a, Teslas are not very like New York-y. Yeah, it's very very, West Coast. Yeah, but they do have superchargers actually. They have a couple in, well, they have one in, they have a lot in Manhattan, apparently. Oh god. Which is really Manhattan. surprising. Rip! <laughs> Dragging! Rip! Oh my gosh. <sighs> yeah. Ooh, maybe I'll live in, like, Jersey City. Like, just across, yeah. you know? And just, like, drive into wherever I want. Because that's where yeah. we went um, that one year, that one Thanksgiving with Wick, right? We went to Jersey. In Jersey? I yeah. think so. I have we no dude, I have Friday. no idea. <laughs> Probably. Dude, I have no idea where we were when we were in New York. Honestly, it was like such a blur. <laughs> it like, was a it's like dream. this there's like <laughs> Yeah, I'm like there's the city and then like we're driving to some hills. I think it's very dark. I don't know where we are. You know, and then one time I like actually took a bus on accident and I missed the last the stop that I was trying to get on and I went all the way to LaGuardia airport and I was like holy shit like where the fuck am I like (laughs) it was really funny but I had nowhere to be so I was just really late to like where I was going (laughs) (laughs) yeah New York York. oh that'll be the next stop you know SF will be nice for now but New York is definitely the goal I would say Mm. exciting things Yes, I, it's mm-hmm. time. It's time for this bird to fly. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like yeah. you settled things with your parents with the whole moving out situation. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. It's so bad. I can't even explain to you. I feel like I'm so happy about moving out, but it's so hard to like deal with my parents right now. Like, it's like so bad. It's like I it's excruciatingly difficult because I feel guilt from my mom and my dad and then like my grandparents are also literally this morning I called my grandparents my grandma was like yeah yeah what like so like don't don't rent the place and I'm like oh like I already rented the place the contract you know like like I already literally signed it um yeah and it's just like grandma can you please like let me go like you know can you please just leave me alone like I really really just wish they would kind of like leave me alone like it's just so stressful like I my mom also told my grandparents that I smoke weed and that um I think she hinted to me dating multiple people like at once and um like I don't think she told them that I'm queer but I kind of like mentioned it when I was at my grandparents house yesterday and my grandma was like oh if you're gay then I cannot sleep for days and I'm like oh god 
it's like fuck like this is so bad so there's just a lot of stress going on in my household i would say these two days has been so bad like just with me moving out um so on top of just like all the good news and like all the good feelings with moving out there's a lot of really bad feelings i would say um with my parents and stuff so yeah my dad's mostly like chill it's mostly like my mom you know um she's just never going to really like well i don't know she like actually was like oh like i really um she was asking me questions just like oh like um i don't know my dad was like do they have a couch and i was like yeah they have a couch already and he was like oh do they have like whatever whatever so they started asking me questions so I feel like that's kind of a signal that they're starting yeah. to accept it, right? I feel like they totally accept it. They're just like hella like flaming me for doing yeah, so. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Flame me the fuck out of me. Like whenever they can. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. Like Rip. Just, I feel like we're raised in a guilt-based family usually for like east asian oh, yes. families who abide oh. by confucius oh, yes. ideals um <laughs> and then we live oh in yes a, like, confucius <laughs> like society so it's like guilt and shame based all mixed together all the time especially yeah um yeah and gosh i don't even know where to start <laughs> dude i don't even know like this is like a lot to unpack like i feel like like it's just like first of all i love them you know i will always love them um i feel like that's like the baseline and then the problem is that they just like there's these fundamental values that will they will never budge on because of this culture like it's just like not american you know like today i was literally like also trying to explain to them why alcohol and weed are both like considerable like risky choices to make in life and then alcohol is just like less stigmatized than like marijuana is and like my parents were just like don't smoke weed you know like you can be gay but you can't smoke weed and i was like what like this is some whack-ass shit like what are you saying right now like i don't know like Diana, <laughs> i feel like so annoyed because i'm just like um i I can't i i wish i could explain but i just can't explain you know like i i don't have the same aversion to weed that they do and like i totally understand their aversion to it like i get it yeah smoking is bad for you and like you know but it's so funny they take it to extremes they're like when i start screaming my mom's like that's the marijuana talking and i'm like no it's not i'm just literally she's like the marijuana makes you crazy oh my like god that. <laughs> she's like <laughs> she's like my dad today literally was like we think you're gonna do heroin and crack cocaine i was like what I don't know if this is too much for this episode. I truly feel like we should like set some trigger warnings here, like substance abuse, like uh just yeah, because I get it. Substance abuse is super yes. super real. Like I definitely feel like at one point I abused alcohol, not alcohol, but like uh marijuana. I feel like alcohol I was usually just kind of like downing it a little bit like kind of at co- in college, but you oh. know, everybody was um 
but like for weed it's like i feel like for me like do you feel like weed sometimes people use it to escape something or whatever yeah i i think i've done that before with edibles to be honest like there was a period Mm. of time right out of college where i wasn't the best version of myself I guess you could say and I was kind of in a dark spot and yeah I bought a bunch of edibles through ease delivered to my house and I would just it was a form of escapism really and and then I would like party on the weekend um yeah but definitely I think it could lead into substance abuse but also a lot of people just use it in moderation and for medical use so you know yeah it's like i don't know but it's like i feel like the lines for like medical use are so um medical and recreational use are so confusing right like sometimes because in the beginning it was just medical marijuana that was like legal and so a bunch of people would just get like you know cards and stuff but like use it recreationally and so i don't know i just feel like for me it's very confusing because i didn't really get it like truly prescribed like there wasn't any legit doctor that was like oh like you know you should do this or this for this reason and especially because like my mental health care they don't actually like prescribe weed like they just prescribe Mm -hmm. antidepressants um it's very confusing for me whether or not i'm using it for my mental health or if i'm using it for escapism or if i'm like just but i truly feel like i know like myself because i can kind of like think about why i'm like smoking or eating an edible or whatever for me lately it's been less like i feel like there was a time in my life where it definitely was borderline substance abuse um but i think now i'm in a much healthier place and for me it's just because like for social situations sometimes it's just like weed you know to help me with my anxiety or like just instead of alcohol i don't really like alcohol you know like i have really bad asian glow (laughs) wow i'm like the complete opposite like i feel like it's clear to me that it's escapism because i feel like for you you're saying the lines are sort of blurred you don't know because do you genuinely like enjoy the highs because i i get actually opposite like i get anxiety when i'm high so i see it's i don't technically enjoy it when i'm high it's just when i'm high i forget or it takes my mind off of issues that i want to avoid in reality and that period Mm. of time that was what i was doing like every week so i know like i'm not really a weed person but um but yeah but i know it works for a lot of people so yeah yeah i feel like it's an interesting question to think about because i know a lot of people who don't Mm -hmm. smoke anymore um like i would be like oh like do you smoke weed and then they'll be like oh i don't smoke anymore like i used to smoke a lot but then now i like stopped and i was like oh that's interesting like maybe i don't know i feel like there was definitely a time when i was in these relationships i was like pretty bad and i would smoke a lot just because i'm like um 
escaping kind of like the terrible experience of the relationship but now like i'm pretty happy like i kind of use it just to like i don't know like at the end of a work day or like at the um just because we're in a pandemic and honestly sometimes there's nothing to do so <laughs> just like yolo <laughs> like you know just at home like being high at home mm-hmm. is like pretty safe you know so yeah i it's an interesting question i don't know what the answer is for me but i feel like um i have had a more healthy relationship with me lately uh just because um i don't know i just am genuinely healthier like generally healthier otherwise um minus my parents literally driving me insane um (laughs) yeah other than that basically yeah, I I think there's definitely a stigma around it. like the history of weed and just the legislation around it. I think it's a whole nother story, you know? It's like a lot of Yeah. Oh, it's and, bad. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. But it's just it's crazy, crazy how the world works. It's like I don't even know where to start with that. Maybe it's, I don't want to open a whole <laughs> new can of worms, but I, I'm just trying <laughs> to understand. Oh, we would open. <laughs> like, it's very stigmatized in the Asian community um, with the older generation. Yeah. But it's like a lot of our dads have substance abuse with alcohol. So isn't like, I feel like alcohol is honestly worse to your body than weed you know and because you can die from alcohol i don't know can you die from weed you definitely cannot die from alcohol poisoning (laughs) and like get literally all that stuff but yeah but somehow weed is more taboo and among our asian parents than getting wasted so it's a double standard i don't know (laughs) it is a double standard you know and it's like maybe it has something to do with us being like asian women too like kind of like perfect little angels you know i always feel like i'm being put on like a perfect little angel pedestal type of thing and like it just never feels good you know it it feels like really bad and i feel like i'm constantly trying to escape that um which probably just makes me feel more rebellious Uh you know um (laughs) maybe they literally just drive me insane (laughs) like i would probably be normal i feel the exact same way i think it's that I think it boils down to the whole idea of patriarchy and we're just constantly trying to escape it even in our own families you know Confucianism is deeply yeah patriarchal patriarchal and that whole thing with angel when you say angel I think of purity and it's that whole thing about daughters have to stay pure and you know (gasps) substance yeah. abuse alcohol or weed or sex will taint <laughs> them because yeah it's and, not good. and then they'll become a leftover woman it's like that whole mindset i i feel like i've been trying to rebel against that most of my life i when i was like a little girl i felt complicit to it but 
during my college years I started to rebel like actually I think it's the more suppressive and the more suffocating our parents love is the more I want to rebel for some reason it's like the stricter they are the more I want to rebel and and sometimes it manifests in very unhealthy ways because that need for rebellion will drive us to put ourselves in dangerous situations or unhealthy or toxic situations or relationships and that's happened to me um especially when it came to oh my gosh I like I feel anxious talking about this because I oh no no, is something coming up for you yeah but very specific it's, it's just I've never felt comfortable really talking about it especially to the public Mm. um because yeah on the topic of sexuality and sex right it's in within asian families or very traditional conservative asian families sex is seen as taboo especially for girls and for women um growing up and it's like i don't have for myself it's i i don't have a positive image of sex mm-hmm. and i've never had a good experience with it because because of how it's stigmatized and i don't know how to reconcile with that like growing up sex was always preached as something that was bad and it was going to taint me and dirty me Mm. and if I did um, take part in it I was worth less as a woman if I lost my virginity that was was there like a specific uh, moment that this happened that you remember this whole ideal was always pushed on to me by family, by my mom, especially. Um, yeah. And then by church. And and so I just felt like there was a point in my life where I felt like I had no agency of my own body, you know? And then in the larger society, you yeah. see, like, legislation made over women's reproductive systems and just, like policing women's body and all of these ideals play into it as well and then comes that want of like or that feeling of wanting to rebel against that and at the time I mean I was like I was in college I was still immature and for a lot of young women they think maybe to take to take ownership of my own body i'm going to um find sexual liberation and that that was like the solution that i came up with you know the immature me in college and i thought Mm -hmm. oh maybe Mm -hmm. if i break free from these shackles like if i 
sexually liberate myself, then I'm free from this, like, all of these ideals that shackle women down. And, and I, like, I did not find enjoyable experiences. And I sometimes found myself in unhealthy, toxic experiences and situations. Um, And it felt like I was even though I was trying to escape like the whole um, like oppressive like patriarchal ideals I ended up submitting to it you know because I was still like pleasing men and their fetish of me and I wasn't enjoying any of it but at the time I thought it was like Mm. oh sexual liberation um yeah Mm. so it's like (laughs) dude let's unpack i I feel like like dude there's so much to unpack there bro there's like three different things i think Um, most importantly it's because growing up i like it wasn't normalized like sex wasn't normalized and i wasn't educated enough like what a healthy sexual relationship looked like and also it's like i didn't have the freedom to to try or to even like talk about it or like have a conversation about it talk about it learn about it yeah consent is so consent right like just like what that is like what the fuck how do you even do that how do you ask for that how do you give that Um, dude like the first thing that I think about is kind of like sex positivity and sort of just like um, the lack of it because like even now that I think of it it's like I feel like sex is very much still stigmatized like across everywhere like I don't think especially women's bodies and also like Confucianism is definitely rooted in patriarchy for sure like um, definitely like it's really bad like I actually hate it like I want to rebel so bad and like it's interesting that you say sexual liberation because I'm thinking like what is true sexual liberation Mm -hmm. look like um and like myself I've been thinking about that a lot uh like me personally like I think like there's a couple things I think about right there's kind of like your personal journey and like what how you like bring yourself empowerment of your sexual life and then there's the second part of like how do you detach yourself from all of the unhealthy like sort of guesses about sex that you kind of came up with on the way when there's just an absence of an ability to ask and understand about it like in your family um and I also just like really hate the idea of like women being impure like after having sex like oh that makes me so freaking angry like I hate that so much like and I think it really affects a lot of people like I truly feel like women like grow up and like for me just like growing up I had no idea how to like ask for what I wanted and I definitely felt the same way I felt like I was sometimes I was pleasing people just to please them because I didn't know how to like I don't know either say no or like um like stand up for myself and like just kind of yeah I didn't know that you could say no you know things like that and it's like I just very was very confused and it's so sad to think about that right like how many people are out there 
like having these experiences, not feeling empowered in their sexual lives because of the lack of the ability to talk about it, like growing up with parents or like a supportive environment, you know, like there's nothing in school, there's nothing on the TV, there's nothing at home. Like how are people supposed to grow up into like loving, consenting adults with healthy relationships with sex, you know, because sex is very important. I think sex is a great part of life. I think it's a very like, like, I feel like pleasure is a is a privilege, but it's also a right. Like everyone deserves joy and pleasure you know it's like a fundamental human mm-hmm. part of life i would say yeah i yeah, yeah it's because <sighs> i think for a lot of young women like you said um you're still trying to figure out what sexual liberation looks like and that's the same for me and originally yeah. the immature version of myself who was just I mean, I still constantly have cognitive dissonance over it, but before I thought sexual <laughs> looked like promiscuity because I mm. was so sheltered. Yeah, I, I like, let's so go have lots of sex. I w- just wanted to rebel against that, and I thought sexual liberation was being yeah. free from, you know being tied down and just doing whatever I want with my body but I don't think it's necessarily that personally because when I did that I it put me in a really dark place and I wasn't really doing it for myself it felt like I was pleasuring other men and wasn't benefiting um, from any of it, it was actually, I felt like I was losing a part of myself or like my sanity. <laughs> and I, I still, mm, yeah, yeah, I still haven't reconciled with seeing sex as a positive thing for myself because just to me, there's a lot of shame and guilt attached to it that I don't know how to navigate. Um, especially yeah being in church i think that that made that like influenced me a lot when i was in college do you go to church often i or you mean growing up i think i was closest to god when i was in college and after that it kind of just broke off but i i don't know if it's the community or if it's um just in general it's like a very asian christian community so culturally like patriarchy is very prevalent in asian culture so yeah that sort of i don't well i guess you could say patriarchy is very prevalent in in Christianity as well and in yeah I or technically it's supposed to be gender fluid like God is supposed to be gender fluid but I I don't know I I'm not like an expert in Christianity obviously but it's yeah I I think it definitely played a role in making me want to rebel it's just like rebelling against against Mm -hmm. these Christian values that I was brought up on, against 
cultural values I was brought up on. Um, but it's just constant dissonance. Like, it's that, like, mix of guilt and shame and, mm-hmm. and wanting to just do me I don't know like just be free from it and just do whatever I want without feeling guilt and shame like I don't know mm-hmm. I mean yeah like I think it's like whenever you do something out of spite out of somewhere like someone yeah, else you're already not point. doing it for yourself right like you're not you're not doing it for yourself already like you're already doing it for someone else like to show someone else something and so you're not having sex for like your own pleasure you're having sex to prove something right and so that's not and just by definition that's not for your pleasure and so um <laughs> ah, that makes me so sad diana i'm gonna share this episode on my story but mm-hmm. like still feel free to post it but I have some church people following me and I'm still a little scared to be completely open and candid and honest and yeah I I'm still figuring myself out with the whole relationship with like my spirituality my religion I don't even know at this point what I am (laughs) um but yeah yeah, I think there are parts of the community or like certain individuals that trigger me sometimes. I remember I was in Italy and I posted a picture. It was I was in like a full shirt. And even if I wasn't, like it doesn't matter what I was wearing. But like I was wearing like something honestly I would say pretty conservative. I was wearing like bikini bottoms that covered my whole like butt and I was wearing a top and it was a whole shirt it wasn't even a swimsuit top and I posted a picture and someone from church dm me and he said I might have to unfollow you for that yeah and what it was yeah just like Gosh, I have so many like rude traumatizing (laughs) triggering like experiences but it's just those little instances make me feel shameful and guilty like about my about my sexuality my own body like your own ass body yeah literally your own ass body and I don't think women should have to or like just anyone should have to go through that like yeah it's crazy body positivity is so wild I feel like for women it's Mm -hmm. so difficult like I kind of see it in my sister like I don't know like being an older sister I I love seeing my sister grow and like it's so interesting because I just remember growing up before she grew up and so I went through the whole body positivity Mm. thing while she was still like you know younger but I feel like there's an age when you hit when people start seeing Mm. you as a sexual object and once they start seeing you as a sexual object 
you you're you just change just the way that you present yourself the way that you have to caution yourself like everything is just anxiety i feel like everything is anxiety inducing um and i don't know i got to see it in my sister kind of growing up mm-hmm. like now that she kind of is grown up like just seeing the effects of what society yeah. does to people like women specifically um yeah it's like a lot and there's actually one movie called misrepresentation that really started got, getting me to think about this stuff when i was in high school um, mm-hmm. about the representation of female bodies in the media and yeah. how we're like completely objectified and um it just like it i wish that there was almost like an asian american version of it because like i feel like in specifically like for asian women there's also mm-hmm. a lot of like you know yellow fever and like that type of concept where like you know white dudes are like fetishizing shit out of asian girls like that's really gross and so that's like a whole last thing to deal with and yeah it's just a lot of different barriers and i feel like at the end of the day we just want to feel comfortable in our own bodies and like have lives because i feel like there is a right to sex and having a positive relationship with sex but I definitely struggled with it too like growing up and in college um for me it wasn't really like a rebellion but I felt like I was like held back in in high school but like not like um not really by like my parents or anything like obviously I just like never told them about stuff like that I would just never talk about it um and it was more of just like I was really curious and I was like really really ready to have sex um, by the time I got to college. And so for me like kind of like the promiscuity or whatever like kind of just like having a lot of sex like going out and like kind of like hooking up like casually hooking up with people it was just like out of curiosity and like for me it was kind of just like I wanted to know what it was like So I don't know. In that way I rated because or empowered because I was like I want to just see how this is for me, you know. Like it was nice because I went to college all the way across the country <laughs> in Massachusetts. And so my parents would definitely had no idea what I was up to. I definitely feel like because sex was not talked about, I didn't know a lot of things about like consent and shit. Like I didn't know that you're supposed to like really stand up for yourself when someone like starts doing things that you don't want them to do. Yeah. Like I thought that people would just know, you know, and like respect your body. But apparently there's people out there that are fucking oh my gosh. literally like violent oh. and oh my gosh. If, if you experience so, that I'm so it's sorry. really bad. I think that it's really, yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I was sexually assaulted when I was in college. Um, I didn't know that it was sexual assault until a year or two later when I was watching a presentation about sexual assault, um, <clears throat> and I was like getting trained to be a residential advisor, and they were talking about sexual assault, and I was like mm-hmm. listening to this presentation. And I was like, why does this all sound so familiar? Like why does this experience sound like I went through this before with this specific person back in the day? And um yeah, so I think I just 
it happened and I had no idea that it happened like I just felt like it was very strange like what happened sexual assault and so my friends and like my volleyball the way that I like told the story was like mm-hmm. a joke like I didn't say that it was like very serious I was like oh yeah this guy was just like on top of me and like he just kept like licking my face and like putting his like hands all over me like a lizard and so when I said that mm-hmm. like everyone laughed because like like a lizard you know <laughs> like it wasn't like anything mm-hmm. like it didn't I didn't make it sound very violent um so it was just really difficult to process but I got my closure I think over time and I ended up going to my school to talk about it because I posted a poster calling out my sexual assaulter um, on his dorm (laughs) to UMass um, me and my friends on his dorm that said hey like this guy you sexually assaulted me uh on this day and you look like this and i know your major and i know like what you look like and where you live um yeah and so the school immediately took it down obviously but it was up for a little bit and like my um college contacted me and basically just like hey like Well, it's really difficult. I didn't know what to talk about, but to um, talk to the person. But that didn't happen because um, we can't do that. So I was like, okay. Um, so I just asked them to pay for my therapy, and so they paid for oh therapy. Oh my gosh! And so that was- this has been such a traumatizing experience. Hello? Can you hear me? Things at the time too, so it's like I just kind of took that. It was a horrible oh traumatizing gosh, experience. I'm so and sorry, like, like the internet um Can you hear me? was being super Hello? unstable, but Hello. Yeah. Oh no worries. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was uh, a pretty traumatizing experience, I would say, but I think, um, I definitely have healed Mm -hmm. from it just because it's been so long and, um, I don't know, I've, I've moved on since then, but it was really, really hard. It was during my Mm -hmm. senior year and I had, I felt so horrible. Um, and Mm -hmm. I definitely, like, I was in a relationship at the time and like my, my partner was really supportive about it. (laughs) <laughs> like we both tried to like stalk him on the internet <laughs> it was yeah it was it was very difficult and i feel like if i had known yeah. you know how to say no and shit like that and like really uh you know i can't even blame myself because that guy was pretty big he was really really big you know so um i don't know it's just I don't know if this actually relates to sex positivity or whatever or if it's very different but I truly feel like it killed the vibe it's, for my sexual being. It's definitely not bit. your fault. And, um, but I'm back. I'm um, back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm and good I now. think I have healthy sex now. We <laughs> should have had a chance to learn yeah. what like healthy sex or sex positivity looks like. 
um because we had sex ed class right in in high school oh oh my gosh i don't remember fifth grade but yeah like i remember high school but it was like in fifth grade (laughs) honestly kind of a joke like i don't remember (laughs) anything from it and Yeah. Mm Mhm. Like this is the wooden dick. This is how you put on a condom. Uh, Everybody stay abstinent. Like Um, that is the only one hundred percent way of not getting pregnant. Also, I Uh, there was a green dot training. Um, about like, yeah, about uh, how to respond to like toxic dangerous situations um like that or if you're a bystander what you can do to support people um but yeah i feel like that should have been taught way earlier on and a Hmm. lot of people still don't have access to those resources even in college like i think i was i honestly went I didn't even know what like green dot training was. I just showed up because I needed like some credits to fulfill my um, my jump start, like um, my service, like AmeriCorps service hours. But yeah, it's like I don't know. It's it's because it's still so stigmatized to talk about mm-hmm. sex. And then when things like this happen, we don't know how to respond to it. And we don't even realize that what happened shouldn't have happened to us. Like what ha- what happened is wrong. And, and then oftentimes it's like it goes into victim blaming and like, oh yeah, yeah it's like, oh yeah, yeah. So the perpetrators need to be like, Oh yeah. Better. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, held accountable and like um yeah, and like education. Like not just educating held accountable like, <laughs> women yeah. about their own bodies, but like educating men to like I mean I'm overgeneralizing, but it's just like yeah, educating men to not objectify women and to not Someone is knocking. Merry Christmas. Okay. Oh, maybe a male. Wait, one sec. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> it's so sweet. <laughs> Definitely oh. trigger warning. In the... Yeah, this stuff is really heavy. I would say it's, but yeah. I think it's super important yeah dude we're gonna have to definitely put in some trigger warnings for sexual assault up in this episode (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's really difficult i would say but 
Because mm-hmm. it's hard sad, to talk about, but we like, need to, to talk say about this, it. But I feel like a lot of people need to normalize this as a thing. You know, experience similar things like this, like in their young adolescent, or even in their adult life, or even like childhood. Gosh, and it's like it shouldn't happen. And yeah. So do you think it's like the because of the rebellion? It's like the combination of stuff, mm-hmm. right? It's like rebellion against like feeling caged up and like shamed, yeah. and then like it's like we want to feel liberated, and then all of a sudden like we get these messages that liberation is like being sexually promiscuous from society, and then all of a sudden we're also basically thrown into a ring of like really unhealthy um like lack of sexual education as well as like society norms of like gender roles and like kind of um privilege in sex like i feel like male pleasure is always centered you know during Mm -hmm. sex like it's not really female centered yeah you worded it like you articulated it perfectly i think it's like like at this point i do not have sex with Hello. Hello. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Maybe God is like, oh, it's too heavy. We gotta cut it out. <laughs> um, yeah, my grandma called me, but um, it's okay. I can always stitch the episodes together. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we were we were talking about on um, just summing up mm-hmm. my analysis on sexual assault. Yeah, um, and I think you did it really good job um okay it was like okay so like yeah like women get through and then you're like in this ring of like dangerous perpetrators of sexual assault and so it's Mm -hmm. not even safe for women to like explore their sexualities without being exposed to this toxic like uh culture Mm -hmm. of like centering male pleasure and like i was saying how now i only have sex with people that really like center my pleasure Mm -hmm. uh which i and like that's my protest like I literally (laughs) that is my protest Mm -hmm. and um yeah and it's like how are women supposed to find joy in their sex lives if like we're literally just trying to be safe first you know it's like it just it's not safe out there so it's like how are we supposed to have fun you know Mm -hmm. um yeah and I don't know sex positivity has been huge in my mind this year actually so Mm -hmm. I've been reading this book called come as you are by Emily Nagowski, who's a Smithy, um, a Smithy professor. Mm-hmm. And um, she used to come to our uh, uh, houses for tea and she would tell mm-hmm. us about um, sex positivity. Yeah, and like she would talk about this one system where it's like the accelerator and the brake, which is like when you're having sex, like there are things that accelerate that make you like feel like you wanna have sex. And then there's breaks, ones that kind of like make you feel like you have to stop and like you want to stop which is why like when you talk about kind of like feeling dissociated i feel it's kind of like reminds me of that of like just like having like your brakes kind of off you're like you don't want to do it but then it's like you're just kind of stuck in this situation where you're like i don't know how to get out of this situation (laughs) Yeah. yeah i think there's also another element of 
you were saying how um like maybe the means to find sexual liberation is usually like first thing that comes to mind is perhaps promiscuity and going out and finding like sexual experiences um but i also feel like it could go the other way too you know like perhaps you just aren't very a very sexual person but the larger society and like pop culture media is saying oh this is what sexual liberty looks like this is like promiscuity and just women going out having a lot of sex is um what sexual hello. liberation hello. hello 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 i just got back oh my god i get Hello, hello. Hello. Uh, Knowing uh, for some reason it sounds so weird. I know I can hear my own voice and it's like freaking me out. (laughs) (laughs) Like the sentence that I said five minutes ago. Okay, let's just hang up. This is bad. Okay, this is fine now. Oh god. Literally, oh god. god or Dude. the devil, one of them, we're like, y'all need to stop stop with this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's important and yeah, I know what the fuck like our experiences. Gosh. Wait, where did where did we leave off? Oh my god, they don't want us to talk about it. That was so scary. That was like that was borderline demonic. I heard my own voice like just talking and I wasn't even talking. Fucking damn. There was like Okay, bottom line. Let's just let's just say our bottom lines before they like come back, okay? like okay because I feel like do you feel like you've gained the philosophy after all these experiences I think I did and I learned that sexual liberation doesn't always mean you have to go out and have a lot of sex or like um be promiscuous and if that's what works for you that's great but I think for me personally I try to go that route because that's what pop culture and the larger like society tries to show us is it's like very male centered like pleasure Mm -hmm. centered around males and Mm -hmm. um and then the whole like politics around like being a prude and like you know being unwanted um but yeah I feel like it doesn't always have to be like that for me I think sexual liberty can also mean abstinence like if i don't want to then i don't want to and if i feel like it i will like it's yeah it's that the power to choose yeah and then i feel like originally i thought i it was that illusion that i was choosing that i was putting myself out there that i was going 
out putting myself Ooh. in dangerous situations. Ooh. That I got it. It's because like they forced you to be like you cannot have sex, and then so we rebelled against that. And we're mm-hmm. like we can have sex, and then we're like we can have all the sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you realize maybe this isn't healthy, or maybe I need to do it in moderation, or maybe I just don't enjoy it at all, and then yeah, and that's okay, you know. And I think that's what true sexual liberation means to me. Because um, if you're just doing it, like, if you're engaging in something that you don't want to do, but it's, but it's rebellion, it's still, like, in a way, you're still submitting to what you're trying to rebel against, if that yeah. makes sense. You're letting it run its power over you. Yeah. Basically. Like you're not making the decision they are mm-hmm. and you're just responding against it um yeah yeah that's definitely how i see it too very nicely said diana very nicely said <laughs> like you're so good at like helping me articulate i like your like good analysis <laughs> on your part but i am not a very articulate person so yes you are <laughs> yes you are yes you are that's why we're here <laughs> But yeah. Fuck yeah. So bottom line, go masturbate t- if you want, you know? <laughs> if you want. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> and or, or and don't if you don't want to, you know? <laughs> just do what you want. Literally just do what you want. Like, you have you want. the power and the agency and the choice. Yeah. Of your own body. whether that's having sex or not having sex mm-hmm. wow. drop the mic all of a sudden <laughs> the internet connection is so good <laughs> all of a sudden I can hear you so clearly <laughs> bruh <laughs> they playing with us today they playing with us today <laughs> Because it's Christmas. <laughs> Drew and we're the topic. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, not on Christmas, guys. <laughs> Holy night. Hey, we have the power to choose. Mm-hmm. God, we have the power to choose. <laughs> and so today, Diane and I choose. This is what we choose. <laughs> oh. Good talk. I feel like I got it out of my system. You know? Same. I feel like I've been thinking about that for hella long. I, same. Like, I've been thinking about it in the shower, and I I just had no idea how to articulate my thoughts and speak them into existence, and you helped me do that. So thank you so much. Like, you, like, explained it so well. Like, you pieced all of my strands, my messy threads of ideas together, and put them in a very cohesive um analysis we 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 did it together (laughs) (laughs) hashtag deconstructing sexual liberation in the context of a patriarchy exactly yes should that be the title of the episode (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a good title i honestly us the people who are going to judge me for this but i'm going to share it because i think it's important and yeah 
I'm gonna share it on my story. That's huge. Wish me luck. That's huge. I <laughs> well, wish you the best of luck. <laughs> Dude. Who cares? I love getting unfollowers. Less people. It's like, think of it as curating your following, right? Like, this is what I think of. It's like, I'm basically like, I post whatever I want, and the people who want to, who don't want to see it, will unfollow me. And if they still follow me, that's their problem, literally. And like, it goes the other way. It's like I unfollow the people that I don't want to see shit from anymore. You know, it's mm-hmm. just also the power to choose. You know, yeah. like the power, the people, especially social media. Like that's like so personal. You know, social media is such a personal thing nowadays, especially with the pandemic. It's like the one way that I keep in contact with people. So. Super, super important to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I can feel it like breaking up again. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> but yeah, it's. <laughs> Wait, I also wanted to hear about um, your fashion school. Oh, your fashion school in in Duvers. Um, yeah. About yesterday, My rabbit hole. What did you look um, up yesterday? A couple of things. I was looking at. Yeah. Um, I was very torn whether I wanted to get an MBA and in marketing or business administration, um, or a more specialized degree, yeah. uh, graduate program in fashion specifically. Um, I've been looking at fashion marketing and fashion business because I'm more interested in the business side. I don't think. I have the creativity in me to construct brand new ideas that are innovative and never seen before. So I cannot be a fashion designer. <laughs> I know for sure, but um, I I think I have an eye for like. No, I recreate. You already trends, are a fashion which designer, which isn't very innovative. But <laughs> I, I can identify trends, which I think is one of my strengths. I can identify trends. I can predict sometimes trends, or maybe, um, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. You're getting the lay of the land. I think I have you know? a good You're eye like for building like it up. Clothes. <laughs> you do. You definitely do, dude. You always get complimented at Goodwill, bro. <laughs> the lady yeah, is always all about at it. Fashion school in Tokyo, and um, one of the top schools is called Bunka, Bunka Fashion College, and um, it's pretty renowned in the world. One of the alums are Kenzo. Have you heard of Kenzo?、Um, Uh, yeah, but they have yeah, like、so. quite a few、um, like big alums. But I really like. I I mean, I've only seen on social media and YouTube videos, but I really like their culture, and it's in Tokyo, and that's the city I want to be in. And the only okay, so my dilemma is the demographics. It's. A lot of the students are fresh out of high school, so they're like eighteen, nineteen.、Um, yeah, so I'm like, I see, an old woman. <laughs> You're definitely、I'm, not fresh yeah, out of high school. Old woman, twenty three right now, but 
by the time I get there, I think when I start my application, yeah. it's going to be like 24, 25 by that time, which is the average age to get like MBAs. <laughs> Honestly, it's like 28 or something, but um, but not for Bunka Fashion College. But I, I see that they have like a grad program, I see. which is more um extensive in a shorter period of time it's only two years versus like a four-year traditional college experience and it's much cheaper it's only like around 11k um so i think i that's yeah on the top of my list that's not bad yeah it's definitely doable 11k is a less than a lot the only thing is um all classes are taught in japanese and i have to take a language exam which i was studying for in college i was studying for the jplt n2 which is the second hardest like highest level for japanese um i forgot a lot of it my japanese i think the peak of my japanese was when i was in high school because that was when i was taking japanese class but yeah scared hello did the internet cut out again Hmm. do you hear me hello 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 okay hello hello sorry where did it cut off Hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, oh my gosh! All of uh, my you told me that you didn't um, cut off. Actually, I heard everything that you said. <laughs> I think I cut off. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's my main challenge. Um, but I feel like I I feel like very capricious like all the time i i flip-flop all the time so sometimes i'm like i want to go to a more specialized school like i'm set on bunko fashion college and then sometimes i'm like no maybe i should pursue a traditional mba but then i really i've been thinking like the core of mm-hmm. why i want to pursue a traditional mba like what's the reason that's still kind of lingering within me is because um i feel like it's it's because like the whole financial stability um aspect of so deeply ingrained in me like what my mom Mm. ingrained in me like a stable career it'll probably i'll probably end up working you know in a fortune 500 company if I get a traditional MBA but then I think about it is that what I want like I'm already working in a company like that and I'm it's not for me and the whole reason why I want to get another degree is to leave this industry right why would I go to to get another degree and end up in this industry again so that's one of the driving factors and then another one I think yeah it's really embarrassing to admit honestly but i was thinking like okay my mom has always been 
talking about me marrying rich like meeting some um heir or some socialite yeah or like some rich businessman and <laughs> some I rich like doctor yeah it's like it becomes a fantasy in my head sometimes because it's so repetitive in my daily life you feel that yeah Dude, I definitely feel like it's a, like, I definitely feel like it's a dude. I literally, yesterday when I was driving, I was like, you know, I think my type is like a tall 6'2 Asian like, doctor who has I a Tesla. I feel like sometimes it's so unhealthy, but I'm happy to hear I'm not the only one. Like, I was so embarrassed to admit that, to It's be so honest. unhealthy. <laughs> oh, you're not the only one. Boo, 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 boo. Boom. I'm sure plenty And then of the Asian Korean dramas like, don't help too. at all. <laughs> oh, the K dramas. Let's be let's be honest. Yeah. That's why I stopped watching because like, it's just No, I hear enough of that from my mom. So yeah, and <laughs> it was I, unhealthy. I like, oh, maybe if I pursue a traditional yeah. MBA. Um or someone I was reading I was researching <laughs> colleges like um I was looking at this one college well I was looking at En Lyon in France and also Waseda Daigaku in um Japan and in the application guide at the very top it was saying like the first line is for typical just normal students um post undergrad like oh you either need your GMAT or um your GRE score right the second line I look and it's like this is for those who are heirs to um family business or company and I look and I'm like and there's like an asterisk right for details your company must be publicly traded and recognized in the stock exchange blah 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 and you must like have proof of like all your stocks and your holdings and I'm like, holy crap, what? <laughs> like, heirs go to the, this college and like people ship their like future CEOs off to this college? Like, maybe I should go there and <laughs> snatch one. But no, all jokes aside, like, what? <laughs> See, that's like the fantasizing part of me, right? But I really thought about <laughs> it and I was like, do I want to pursue this illusion of a man who like mm. doesn't might not even exist um or do I want to follow like what I'm passionate about yeah. passionate about my career and my dreams like yeah and I think like even if I do like meet this man or whatever and like my whole life is set I don't have to worry about finances like I I don't know. I'd be so disappointed in myself that I didn't pursue my own dreams and my career. Like, it would just be such a waste. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you know the answer. Like, you obviously know the answer. But I, I think it's good to acknowledge the fantasy. It's so like, embarrassing it real, that this, you know? like, so you can, even, like, acknowledge like, it process. and, like, like not I go that like way, it's right? It's so vain and shallow. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> Diana, <laughs> no, Diana, I don't want you to feel like this is embarrassing because it's not. Like, I, my mom tells me the exact same thing. Like, she literally jokes about. Their daughter being some rich like doctor or a lawyer or whatever you know yeah right like <laughs> it also goes with the patriarchy okay like mm-hmm. literally so right yeah gosh so much to yeah, unpack okay. Exactly. Dude, that's the tea, man. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think my mom does it. Like, no cap. That's the tea, bro. So, it's really it's the reality. It's the reality of our lives. Yeah. God damn it. God damn it's- it. Xiao <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, but Diana, I don't want you to just be like married off to some like fourteen five hundred guy. Like, I want to see you as like a three hundred level fashion engineer designer. You Whoa! Know? I don't even know how you. I'm sorry, I just in the engineering world. That's how we talk about it. It's like ten x engineer. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just nerdy. <laughs> oh, that's so funny though. Like, I feel like it's a classic. Like. Um, fantasy Asian mom, or like, fantasy to have her daughter. What if a man leaves like, a woman? It's just like, have you thought about like, that? That literally just what? assumes that the woman career, like, won't do anything, you, don't you know? Have anything. Because so. you left everything to go chase the. Exactly. And be with that man. Yeah, <laughs> your mom, have you thought about that? But okay. then they have but, affairs. Okay. In their so culture, they don't leave. Really happiness? Remember? So, like, their culture, yeah. they don't have divorce. So, that would never happen. Maybe that's why they think of it like that. I think it's also like the safety and security part that you like the financial stability, like the false hope of financial stability through marriage. Um, I mean, my mom is pretty financially stable because of marriage to my father. Yes. But like, I don't know. I definitely am not going to be like that. I am 100% keen on being financially independent myself. And honestly, having a partner who's in the similar, like, uh, income level as me would be nice. Um, but I don't think it's, like, <laughs> yeah. necessary. And I'm not even thinking about having a partner right now anyway. So, like, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, though. I'm fucking dead. Okay. <laughs> fucking Diana, like, applying for fashion schools and, like, mm, this one has airs. No, yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of that saying? Um, okay. It's like, if you marry a chicken, you become a chicken. If you marry a dog, you become a dog. My mom always throws that around, and it's like, <laughs> it's like you either marry it's like preferably you marry some like oh above you or what? you marry someone equal but it's like forbidden to marry someone below especially if you're like a woman and
I guess, or above. Or but then I mean, if you like don't marry below, doesn't that mean just everyone marries at their same level? And that's why like the leftover woman like epidemic is so high. In- but if someone's above, there's always someone lower. <laughs> It's just the standards are too high. <laughs> it's an epidemic. It's an epidemic, bruh. Get these girls some D pronto. Dude, get these leftover women D pronto. I'm oh, sorry. I can't. I can't resist. My friend was like, would you ever... Uh, like, if you were pretty set um, in life and, like, financially and you meet someone but you're like um what's the word like you're the person who brings in all the money i guess would you make them sign a prenup (laughs) (laughs) money i have (laughs) like if i'm a billionaire like yeah like i'm gonna sign a prenup but like uh, because first of all, mm-hmm. like marriage, I feel like it's definitely a super risky thing. Like I truly do not believe in like really? all marriages lasting forever. So um, like that just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. People get divorced, you know, like shit happens, especially like people who like me personally, I feel like I don't really think about marriage really because like it seems so far from now. But like if I were like really marrying someone, I feel like I would like still give myself the ability to financially be independent from them because what if we break up i don't want to literally split our shit like that's mm-hmm. really like nah especially if like, you work it, for it you know partially probably yeah and plus like because i saw my parents kind of go through that and they did not sign a prenup and so i'm just like bruh i'm signing a prenup <laughs> okay what if what if it was like the other way around like the person you're married yeah would you oh say- like if the other person was richer than me <laughs> i feel like yeah i mean out of respect for the other person like why not like i feel like it's not that big of a deal and also like i probably won't be dating someone richer than me i feel like i would want mm. to be the richer one or like the same level you know <laughs> i feel like i have too much of an ego like i'm i'm, I'm gonna be like i don't like it actually in my previous relationship though mm. um it was more of like a straight relationship so like i did want the guy to make more money than i did and i guess it was convenient that uh my ex made more money than i did so i guess it was like kind of nice like it wasn't like nice it was kind of like a psychological deep like requirement almost but also like working in tech like men just generally get paid more than women do anyway so like you know i just yeah, yeah let's just you know, we can unpack that another time <laughs> We're gonna unpack salary and negotiation and gender and wage gap so many time. There's too much shit going on here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Like, I feel like if I were to date a woman, like if I were to marry a woman, I would want to be richer, um, or same level. Like, I don't really care. And honestly, I wouldn't even care if they, if I was, yeah, yeah, you know, that's exactly what I would want. I feel like either I was richer or, um same level i feel like i have too much of an ego i'm like i want to make more money but like also like i feel like if dudes are like that like it's probably just internalized patriarchy where i'm just like yeah if the dude makes more money than me that's fine because like that's kind of just part of what's going on but i think in the end of the day it doesn't really matter as long as you're sharing like 
finances and like um being transparent about it like i i really really like being transparent with my partner about how much we make and I agree. Um, especially if we're yeah. pretty serious so, i feel like it's yeah. definitely a toxic masculinity trait and um a, a side effect <laughs> and like an effect or cause of patriarchy where men feel insecure when like in a heteronormative relationship or marriage like where the man feels insecure that the woman is making more yeah. or the woman's career is advancing further than theirs yeah dude if i was dating a girl and i was a guy and she made more money than me i would be like hell yeah go yeah. get that thing girl go get that bag like shit <laughs> just be i'd be so proud <laughs> so i guess maybe i would be chill with my partner making yeah. more money than me <laughs> that's a very interesting question to think i about. honestly i think that's really interesting like i want to work towards my career and everything right and achieve my dreams but eventually i think i want to settle down and be a housewife and raise children honestly like is that like anti-feminist me of me to yeah. say that that's valid no no mm-hmm. no of course not remember power to choose power to choose baby power to choose anything you want to do you want to be a housewife fucking go be a housewife like hell yeah fucking fuck yeah like yeah i totally support it like it makes sense like i mean i feel like that's like a role that we've seen across society is like a woman as a housemaker and like i think people find joy in it people find joy in just staying at home and taking care yeah. of the babies you know like my mom definitely appreciated that my mom definitely did that and i think she had a lot of fun and she Aww. was in my childhood a lot yeah. so i really appreciated it you know yeah like and if she mm-hmm. worked full time she would not have been able to like take me to disneyland or something and like my dad worked full time and he was not able to do that. And so I think like yeah, it's totally chill to be a housewife. Honestly, it's probably like it is, a privilege definitely. And, like, to be able to do that. Growing up to be a housewife. Yeah. <laughs> like my mom privilege is fun. My mom she to stay like, home, take care of the kids. She like, had she... to work. So <laughs> both of my parents were always working. And yeah, when I was little, I I think yeah. because I mean it's not my parents' fault they had to work and put food and roof over our heads but it it had some psychological repercussions definitely and that's why I think in the future I want to be present for my children but yeah I think as a kid I was yeah. very um I think the psycholo- the psychology term is um anxious attachment um, there's like in there's two types of insecure attachments there's like insecure ambivalent attachment and insecure anxious attachment and the other is secure attachment f- with the child to the parent and yeah I think I was the insecure attachment type because yeah my parents weren't there I was kind of passed around between like daycares and babysitters and I honestly might have had abandonment issues at some point. And who knows how that manifests in my adulthood, you know? So I think it's really important to have like at least one parent 
present. But I turned out okay, I think. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, you're more than okay. You're amazing. <laughs> don't don't sell yourself short, bro. <laughs> you're amazing. You're freaking amazing. I archives everybody. But yeah, I think as much as we like our parents have responsibility oh, 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 oh. for our upbringings and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I imagine you guys are but, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, given our upbringings, has, we were like, very good. Agency. We were doing very well. Oh, and control of their life, like whether they want to change, like unlearn things, change their behaviors. I think there's always like a second chance, you know, despite a rough childhood or yeah mm, yeah I mean you kind of have to I feel like like in life you kind of have to confront like whether it's society or your family or yourself or wherever you kind of like had these perceptions of the world I feel like we always end up having some reckonings of some sort mm-hmm. especially being I don't know a minority like it's like just your very existence as a minority is a different experience from being in the majority and so just like having to reckon with being a minority is like a thing and so mm. you know us being minority women you know that grew up in the bay area mm. it's like i don't know i guess we are also fortunate to be in the bay area but it's like yeah it's it's an experience i mean the bay area is definitely like a little bubble a microcosm in america so um like we're definitely yeah. at the forefront of talking about these issues. <laughs> this is like national conversation right now, you know, yeah, like sexual assault. Definitely. It's like still being conversed about. <laughs> I mean, that's why it's so hard to like talk about this stuff. And it's that's why it's so hard to put out content that's like even touching these subjects. Yeah. When most and of it I is really just in everyone's heads. I, I'm sure there are resources out there. Um in regards to like the whole experience i went through with finding you know breaking from um breaking from strict parents and like church values and reconciling them that's been internalized for so oh, long yeah, yeah, i'm yeah, sure yeah. there are like youtube videos or journals or articles out there but <laughs> but yeah there's like, everything on youtube nowadays like i have it i think you're the first friend i really YouTube. talked about with this and yeah yeah especially in an asian context asian american context i think it's very niche you know yeah like i think chanel miller like really started the like thoughts for me but um, Chanel Miller's also like a more American. I think she's like a couple more generations mm-hmm. down, <clears throat> or maybe second generation. Um, yeah. But I, and I think that's even different from being first generation American. So it's like a lot more yeah. raw. Like we're very close. Good talk. <laughs> so shout out, shout, shout out. out to Chanel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like Should we close this episode? I feel like we did so episodes. much today. <laughs> Let's close this episode. Mm-hmm. This this needs a part two. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought this was gonna be our part two Way of fuck Confucius, but I mean, this is like a whole thing. Confucius elements, but also it's <laughs> like more of a yes, but Confucius. Yeah. Yeah, and too, like, I feel like the one thing I love about this podcast the most is that, like, when we start talking, we have, like, no idea what we're going to end up talking about, but I feel like we always end up talking about something that's, like, Mm -hmm. so important and, like, so on our minds, you know? I wish you so much love, Diana, and Healy. I'm always here for you. I love you so much. You are amazing. And I can't wait to see you be an amazing fashion designer, which I know you are. And I know you say you're not, but I know you are. You're just not, it just hasn't, you know, materialized yet. But I know it is there. I know I will be holding you in my prayers because I am a little religious too. And I know that God loves you no matter what, whatever we do. And um, yeah, he loves us no matter what. So even if we out here having sex, whatever, cussing on the podcast to the public, aka me, smoking (laughs) weed, um, moving out of our parents' house, um, what else? Thinking about marrying Rich. (laughs) all these little things like god still loves us with all his heart so it's awesome to be able to talk about it and he wants us to be here he wants us to be here he wants us to be talking about this stuff he wants us to move forward he wants shit like this so because he let us talk yeah like the devil broke us up for a little bit and then god let us talk again (laughs) the guilt and the shame and yeah and then choosing us (laughs) i I like I like bask in those words. You know? Love you, Z. Mm. Just removal of guilt and shame. Thank you. Um, yeah, let's let's say goodbye to our wonderful <laughs> listeners. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for listening, everyone. This heavy episode. Um, stay tuned. Uh, Diane and I will probably talk definitely talk again once more about other stuff Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of stuff you know there's a lot of stuff going on (laughs) okay i will put these this episode together and hopefully do you want to listen to it um, over actually or is there anything that yeah it's fine you want to listen to it over before i post it or uncut (laughs) okay you're i admire you i admire you you're so freaking fucking brave you are my hero but merry Diana, christmas literally. everyone and merry right. christmas okay i'll talk to you later <laughs> merry christmas thank you so <laughs> much oh my gosh merry Bye. christmas everyone See you.